0: Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for Kingdom conversations with Kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the Word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome into the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and have a good friend on today, uh, Brother Gary Bentley, I'm excited to have you on, Brother Gary. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome. Gary is the COO. He is the Chief Operating Officer of Teen Challenge for the state of Louisiana and also serves on their national board. And so it's just an honor to have you as our listeners. As you guys know, I'm a product of Teen Challenge, Teen Challenge graduate. Our program be the Bush recovery ministries in Miriam house, we are based off of the team challenge model and we're just forever grateful for the ministry of team challenge and and Gary, I know you have been a part of. Of this thing for a long time and been a part of the ministry for a long time and I just uh, honor and and commend and respect uh, generals in the faith. Um, such as yourself for paving the way uh, for individuals like myself and even our graduates, although we're not a team challenge center, you know, uh, our graduates hear so much about team challenge and and just the ministry um, that you and so many forerunners and forefathers have uh, helped cultivate over the years. So just wanted to, to show my gratitude and appreciation for you and all that you have done over the years for this great ministry of team challenge.
1: Amen. Amen. It's great to be a part of it. It's a uh truly a life-changing ministry. Amen. We'll
0: Amen. 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 Brother Gary, why don't you give our listeners a, uh, a little bit of information about your, yourself. Tell them where you came from and, and how you got to the point of where you're at today.
1: Well, I'll uh, try to not get on a soapbox and <laughs> take too much of your time, but
0: I'll oh, go ahead. try to
1: make it as concise as I can. Uh, I've been in Involved with Teen Challenge for 22 years now. And uh, met Christ in 1997. And I'll get to that in just a second. But struggled with drug addiction for 18 years. It started when I was 14 years old. Um, Just, you know, my main problem was um, alcohol and uh, cocaine really had a grip on my life. And I just, you know, and I couldn't control it. I lost a marriage, a career, um, you know, just got to a place like everyone else. You know, uh, friends and family really lost faith in you, burned all Mm. those bridges. Um, And along that road, uh, I remember my first rehabilitation program I went to uh, cost my parents $28,000 uh, for 30 days. Um, and to be honest with you, I walked out of there fatter and sober, you know, uh, that was literally, uh, you know, and I, I know they did the bet. They did what they thought was right.
0: Right. Right.
1: They, uh, um, they took an approach that, uh, first of all, it didn't introduce me to Christ, which you and I both know that that's the answer. Yeah. Uh, so I walked out of there just sober for a month. Uh, mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after that. Uh, and here, here's something they suggested I do when I graduated. I mean, when I finished that program, they said, you need to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And I yeah. was like, that just seems like an overwhelming task. I didn't even right. have a car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I felt like if I didn't accomplish that, I was yeah. gonna be a failure and I didn't accomplish it anyway. Right, uh, right. Ended ended up uh using it again. Then I went through about four different uh rehabilitation programs that were really about the same thing. You know, mm. let's uh let's and a lot of them were let's break you down and build you back up. Uh well, I was already broke down, you mm. know.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So that went on for a while. Um, Finally, in 1997, uh, and thank God my parents treated me like the prodigal son. They left me in a pig pen. They Mm -hmm. didn't enable me anymore, uh, left me where I was at. I ended up homeless on the streets of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the night before I got arrested for the last time. I was walking out of a Winn-Dixie grocery store with a stolen half a case of beer and some cigarettes and out of nowhere I saw this church of God in Christ bishop out in front of the store with his youth raising money right. <clears throat> I turned around with the beer in my hand and said would you pray for me and uh I have no idea why I did it okay <laughs> and that's all he did was pray for me he did yeah me. He didn't say anything about the beer or anything. Well, that night I got drunk for the last time, uh, got arrested for public intoxication. Uh, about two days after being uh, locked up, I was going to stay there for seven days. But Gideon's brought me a Bible. Just uh, mm-hmm. started reading it out of boredom. There was nothing else to read. Mm-hmm. And somewhere to- in the book of John, after reading Matthew, Mark and Luke, God just wrecked my world. Come on, man. uh, It was literally, it felt like 24 hours of sobbing.
0: Come on. Not
1: because I'd messed up again, not because uh, I was in jail again, uh, because I realized I was total opposite of what God intended me to be, you know? Mm. And so it just so happened at that same time, my mother had made an altar call at church, uh, in, in Alabama and, um, the pastor, she had just asked the pastor to pray for me. He gave her the number to teen challenge. So the day I get out of jail, I have no desire to use no desire, but I don't know what to do with my life. I'm like, what in the world am I going to do? Uh, I ran into the bishop, Mm -hmm. I'm walking down a highway and I see him and I walk over to him. So anyway, it was just all these things started happening, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, and he I spent the day with him. I called my mother and uh, told her the best I could what had happened in my life. You have to understand. She's probably think, thinking I'm manipulating her. You know, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, Ma, something right. happened. I like, <laughs> I'm, I'm different. Yeah. And she said, well, maybe this is the Lord, and she gave me that number. And that day, uh, I walked 15 miles uh, to get to New Orleans Teen Challenge.
0: Come on, man!
1: Walk through the doors. Uh, just. And Caleb, I'll be honest with you, man, a lot of people talk about the program being hard. It was the best year of my life. I thought I was on vacation. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, That's but, what you know, happens
0: when you're actually broken and you're right. just, like ready for change. Like things
1: become a whole lot easier That's when it. you're just
0: surrendered, you know, That's it. you know, because yeah.
1: I see people come through the program and they'll fight it and they'll fight it yeah. because they don't have a new heart yet. Right. My heart. I got a transplant a few days earlier. Oh, right. so I was like, I was like ready. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, went through the program. Uh, uh, that was an induction program in New Orleans. And then, went, then I went to Pennsylvania in Rearsburg, yeah. um, graduated there and just felt compelled and called to serve with the ministry. I had no goals. I didn't want to have the goals to be a teacher, pastor, director, nothing. I just, yeah, really yes. yeah. here I am 22 years later and <clears throat> we've helped uh, at that time. It was just new Orleans team challenge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. My throat's clogged up. Oh, you're good. But um, since then we've opened seven more campuses um, awesome. for awesome. men and women. And we also have a women and children's facility uh, God's just really blessed really honestly he's just blessed our willingness to serve mm-hmm. yeah you know, because it i don't i don't remember anything over these last 22 years being hard
0: yeah right? yeah uh, that's incredible no,
1: that's kind of it is once i <clears throat> graduated the program i met uh sandy who's um uh we got married uh in 1999 uh she served alongside me ever since um um, have a daughter uh, and two grandchildren. Uh, awesome. Grandchild is nineteen. Uh, awesome. Thirteen year old. So that's awesome. That's kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, man. First of all, shout out Rearsburg, Pennsylvania. I'm a graduate of Rearsburg as well. Uh, special, special place. You know, second team challenge there ever was. That was where David yep. Wilkerson and moved those. Guys, out of the city in Brooklyn, I'm telling you that, you know, the all of us students, we it's called God's Mountain, you know, and yep. it's it's really on a hillside, but it's a it's a mountain to to those of us who have climbed that thing and who have uh, made the uh, made that walk up that hill and and uh, or made the drive up the hill, whatever it was, and and completed the the program there. Very very special place, special near and dear to my heart um, there in Rearsburg, Pennsylvania. So, man, that's just incredible. So, so started out too with there being one team challenge center in Louisiana that you had graduated from, it was an induction center. And now you have helped pave the way for seven more. I know I got to preach at the training center. So there's a training center for the whole state of Louisiana where all your induction phase centers send their folks into, Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. You know, Gary, I, I want you to share with us a little bit about, you know, your approach to faith-based uh, recovery and and recovery period. What What is it that's different about our faith-based approach than a secular approach that's, that, that just, it changes everything.
1: You no. Know, um, and I really talk about this in my, in my book. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, rehab is not for the soul. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our CEO told me this early on, um, that the definition of rehabilitation is to, to return something to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. In other words, take it back to its former state.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: we try to rehab somebody, it's like, okay, let me take them to their pre-drug state, you know, psychologically, mentally Mm.
0: uh
1: so that they can just decide to do the same thing over again yeah where you know is when you're faith driven it's our calling to you know let someone know man you can be born again come on yeah this is this whole thing's got to start over you've got Mm -hmm. to die you know get a new heart get a new mind uh get a right spirit in you yeah and um that's that's faith-based recovery, you know. Yeah. Uh, if it was about the people in charge uh, or a particular curriculum, we would all be failing. Right. But as long as the people in charge are serving God and and our curriculum is founded on on God's truths, then mm. we're setting people up for success. We're set setting them up. Uh, for an opportunity to serve God man look our yeah, goal yeah. is not to get people off of dope our goal is to introduce people to Christ and them gain eternal life that's our right. goal that's right. our goal. yeah you know?
0: that's, that's it calling. man yeah that's it that's so good you know you You kind of got my wheels turning a little bit with what you were speaking about earlier um, with 90 meetings and 90 days and and these different things that uh, maybe an NA or an AA or a secular rehabilitation will try to instill in you. And then when maybe you make a mistake or one of those things isn't accomplished, you feel like a failure or you've done this wrong. And then at that point, where's your hope at? also anybody that tries to tell you to put your hope in a doorknob or some higher power of some sort that isn't even real um that that can get you put into some sticky situations too and like with team challenge with our our uh, faith-based recovery center based off the team challenge model you know i tell our students all the time you talk about that born again thing like no our job as faith in faith-based recovery is to get people to the point of being born again, introducing them to Christ, they get born again, and then they're not the same addict that they used to be, right? If you get born again, you're not the same old addict that you used to be. The Bible also teaches the power of life and death is in the tongue. You go around saying, hi, my name's Bill, I'm an addict, and I'm always going to be one. Uh, The Bible makes it pretty clear that that if you speak that over yourself as a man thinketh within himself, so he is, you know, there's so much Bible and scripture for these things um, that the faith-based approach covers and handles, and it changes everything when it comes to uh, our faith-based approach. And uh, that's just just so good. You know, Gary, in your opinion, you know, like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, they were doing the best that they knew how to do, but what, what is your opinion on, on secular rehabilitation compared to our faith-based approach?
1: Well, I just, um, as a believer, see now I'm speaking as a believer, you know, (laughs) so that, that just totally changes my answer to this question. If they're trying to, um, if really their goal is to, walk someone through sobriety. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, Those. so they're, uh, that's, that's not giving someone an opportunity to turn their life over to Christ. Mm-hmm. So as a minister and as a believer, uh, that's not cool. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and I, it's a lot of, um, it's, it's works, man. You know, it's like, you know, and, and I, I cover this in my book and I try to be careful about just demeaning someone who's doing the, what they should sure. is right. Yeah. You know? No, I'm with you. But the yeah. 12 steps, I never got past four. Right. You know, because I just, I couldn't emotionally get through those things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, once again, by not getting through it, I felt like a failure the first rehab i went through and this is what gave me the the uh, the inspiration to 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 write the book i wrote was the the second night i was there i was raised in church you have to understand that so there was there was some questions there mm-hmm. i prayed and it was mm-hmm. it was just god help me you know yeah. and i felt a peace come over me okay So I went to my counselor the next day, and I explained to him what happened. And he said, well, let me send you to the priest. Well, they had a priest on staff. So I went to the priest, and I'm trying to explain to him what happened. And he said, look, you had an emotional night. Work the steps, okay? So here was his opportunity Mm. to walk me through a conversion. And gain eternal life, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, eighteen years later, you know, thank God the Gideons brought me a Bible and showed me, yeah. you know, what direction I was to go. But that I said all that to say this: it's uh, it's just science driven, mm-hmm. psych, you know, uh, uh, psychologically driven, you know. Yeah, and there a lot of what secular rehab does is good sure but if they're not introducing uh people who are in their care to christ we're just yeah we're we're wasting our time
0: i I think i think too it's it's fair to say and you probably would be in agreement that addiction is is really a spiritual problem
1: absolutely a spiritual
0: problem and we've turned it into something else but it's it boils down to this too you know there's all that you know, debate. I even did an episode on it the other day, you know, is is addiction a disease or is it sin? Um, And I use the example of, you know, you have a 21 year old individual who's healthy, runs, drinks, water. And then you they stop exercising, drink 10 Mountain Dews and eat 20 cupcakes a day. They're going to develop this disease called diabetes. And over time, pouring those chemicals, the sugars, all of this stuff that's harmful in your body it physically affects your body, um, to that point. So there is some physical stuff to it, but it all started with a spiritual issue of sin, right? The spiritual issue of sin. We, as mankind, we have a sin problem. And when sin is, is prevalent in your life, it will eventually and can eventually affect your physical body. And now you have physical dependencies and all of this other stuff going
1: on. Um, it develops so, into a disease. It can't yeah. uh, 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 really develop into it. Mm-hmm. But, but the reason behind it, excuse me, let me decline that call, uh, <laughs> is, is definitely a you know a, a sin. Look, you know this, Caleb. You've seen guys and women come through Teen Challengeville, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and once they give their heart to Christ, uh, addiction was the easiest thing they left behind. Hmm. Now yep. they're dealing with uh, all these other things that, the, that, that God references in His Word mm-hmm. that we as believers need to, you know, walk away from. I really believe that. Now they got to deal with pornography. Now they yep. got to deal with yep. uh, just all sorts of things. Yeah, I literally think addiction. Once they give their heart to cry, it was one of the easiest things to leave behind. <laughs> yeah. Now they got to. You know, because it's a sin issue.
0: It is. It is. Yeah, it is. It's um, you know, I tell our students all the time: your drug, your alcohol problem, that is a surface issue of your deep-rooted issue, which is sin. Period. Your mind is God's enemy. I preach this at my church Sunday. It's like we in, in Christianity and in Christian circles, we we have turned Satan into God's great cosmic foe, and they're in this great battle for mankind. So. The Bible already teaches that he's defeated. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. The Bible actually teaches that God's enemy is your mind. Sure. The the human mind, before it has been regenerated and renewed, is at enmity with God, is what the scriptures teach us. And so... You know, we the, the deep rooted issue of sin is what we've we've got to uproot, and then the drugs and the alcohol, it's a byproduct to be removed, the addiction part to be removed. Once you deal with the deep rooted issue of sin, repent and move on. You know, mm-hmm. just just I'm gonna say this real quick and then move on to our next question as we're rolling through here. But you know, uh there's 12 steps versus one step. Which one sounds easier? it ain't quantum physics, but I'd right. rather do a one-step program than a 12 um, and the one step is is taking that step towards Jesus and you know Absolutely. the other thing that that I have so much trouble with with secular rehabilitation and their approach is that they give you this diagnosis and there's no hope right you know and that's that's not accurate with the word of God and as a believer and as a minister of the gospel it's not this diagnosis with a tell-all end. Um, there's hope His name is Jesus. And if you get born again, you can have an encounter with that hope that can change you and your situation forever and forever. Amen. So I totally it's, agree. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, you know, I talked about secular rehabilitation and and what what's the deal with that. Does that work with you a little bit? But, you know, this is a this is a, a hot topic in faith-based recovery communities not just teen challenge but programs like mine other faith-based organizations are having these questions come up and what what i'm about to talk to you about but but are we trying to mix secular rehabilitation's approach into faith-based approach by moving into MAT, which is medically assisted treatment, you know, what is your opinions on that? What, what do you feel about that? Because that's a battle that we're facing in the faith-based recovery community. Um, and it's something that I think leaders such as yourself need to share your thoughts and opinions on that to help us all get on the same page.
1: Sure. You know, um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but year, years ago, if you would have mentioned, um, you know, hey, are we going to, at team Challenge, you know, I'll just speak for Louisiana. I won't speak for, you know, uh, other organizations. Are we going to bring someone in? Of course, years ago it was methadone, you know, to help someone get off heroin. But methadone was just government's creation of a synthetic heroin. You know, mm-hmm. they just kept people on synthetic heroin, you yeah. know handing it out at, at, at clinics. Um you know so you know I, I never would even think about that years ago. But I, over the years I have watched countless and countless and countless opiate addicts uh who would call us, you know, hey, is there anything I can do to help with you know with, with withdrawals? Uh, and I'm like, uh, you know we can't we can't help you there you know so what do they do they either continue in their addiction or they find someone who's not going to introduce them to Christ and get mm-hmm. them on suboxone for the rest of their life you know yeah. so no. um you know i feel that it has its place uh to help someone not get sick for a short period of time mm-hmm. Not a part of long-term recovery at all, right. all because yes. we've got to get to a place. but if someone uh, once again, i I want to be a, a a city of refuge where someone can find Christ. And if for a short period of time, maybe up to a week, if I can assist them medically so they don't get sick, you know, and go somewhere else so I don't have the opportunity to minister to them, and, uh, open to that. And I don't, if we go, if we do that, I don't think that's, uh, bringing secular treatment into, into our ministry. Uh, I think that's complementing uh, and helping us reach more people.
0: But
1: sure. uh, I definitely don't, uh, think that we need to do anything where we're, uh, Treating someone you know, trading one addiction for another. Sure, that's going yeah. to happen.
0: Yeah, giving giving people drugs to get off drugs no. is not something that that we in the faith-based community need to embrace. And I just want to share this. You know, I'm I'm in total agreement with you on that as well, in the sense of, you know, us with our um recovery center, there's there's two things with folks coming off of that are are actually dangerous, and that's alcohol and heroin. People can die coming off of the detoxes with these. And so we're all for, you know, I've got um, uh, some detox centers that are grant based that are they're finally starting to get grant based uh, uh, detox centers, which is which is great. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we'll send a guy or a girl there for a couple of days, get them get them cleaned out, flushed out and then get them back to us. Like you said, you know, um, you know, we especially in Teen Challenge had had lost several people because there was nothing ever available for these individuals to go do it. And so we would lose people if they would go to a detox center and then we're not close by to minister right. to them. But um, I totally see where where you or any any team challenge centers coming with that. But I tell you one thing, you know, those things I think should last, like you said, three, seven days max. Um, because I, I I was sharing the testimony with you before we jumped on, but uh, I had a guy that that he was put on Suboxone at 18 years old and he was 28 years old when he was at my center just a couple of months ago and could not. Absolutely. He could not lay that stuff down and was even trying to bring it on the property. He was arrested on my property. It was horrible. And, um, you know. At 18. So they had kept him on this for 10 years when the government first come out with this stuff. It was this is our answer. This is our resource to help wing people off so they don't die. So they don't stay sick and can't handle, you know, they before they even can get the chance to get to a point of recovery that they're leaving because they're so dope sick. They just can't handle it. And that's what the government's answer initially was. But now it's turning into, oh, this is some sort of long term answer uh, to deal with our addiction problem and it's absolutely insanity to say all right you 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 had an opiate uh problem now i'm going to give you this opiate cuz that's what suboxone is it's an right. opiate and i'm going to give you this opiate so that you can try to stay clean and and it's just it's absolute it's madness. It's craziness. Uh, I
1: agree. And let me let me clarify something yeah. uh in case I get a phone call. Uh <laughs> yeah. we're not we're not set up like that at this point, but sure. we're uh we're we're very open to that and are um, you know looking into it and, and just very open to it and think it think it's a need.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, we definitely need uh, more resource on that. I, I just found one locally to me that is actually grant funded um Mm -hmm. because that's the other thing about detox centers that's that's really bad and i don't know how y'all plan on addressing that or how it actually even works with uh with some of these other places that are doing it but it's like if you don't have insurance which most people dealing with addiction aren't running around with great jobs that are giving them insurance and stuff and if you don't have insurance you can't even get to a place to detox and um you know, that's very unfortunate, but we, we just found one locally that is a grant funded detox center. And so, you know, if you're listening to the show today, um, there, there are resources out there for you to, um, get to a detox center. And then I just encourage and implore you get to a teen challenge center, get to, uh, one of my programs, be the Bush or Miriam house and let yourself go through the discipleship process and humble yourself. Uh, I'm in agreement with you. We was talking about this uh, before we jumped on the show. You know, Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might save a few. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and I, I myself have, uh, you know, my train of thought on certain things like this has has um, has um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe maybe developed or matured mm-hmm. a little bit more in this over the years, um, which kind of gets me into our last discussion question before we mentioned your book here um real quick but you know when it comes to that i'm for those those things i'm for trying to become all things all men to help people that we might save a few right but i'm gonna tell you right now to all our listeners and i know you're in agreement with this after the conversation we had before we jumped on it still takes the holy ghost to get a hold of an individual what's your opinion on that with us being uh, you know, spirit filled ministry, team challenge, sure. spirit filled ministry, uh, my ministry, spirit filled ministry, assemblies of God, I'm an assembly of God pastor, you know, what's your opinion on the Holy ghost and recovery programs? <laughs>
1: uh, I think it's a necessity, you know, yeah. um, it's, um, uh, I, 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 used this example the other day. I was, uh, talking with my staff, you know, uh, about ministering to students, you know, and, and, if they feel led to approach a student about a situation, man, allow the Holy spirit to lead you. And the reason that came up was I had a staff member that wanted to drug test everybody, you know? And I was like, bro, 20 years ago, we didn't have drug tests. (laughs) We had to rely on the Holy ghost to sit down with a guy and, and hopefully between, you know, good counsel and, and, and prayer, and just dialogue, that the truth would come out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's that's the importance. Of, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is such a vital role in the the development and the breaking of, of a student while they're, you know, while they're with us, you know, for that yeah. entire year, just God's presence. And i I I thought of this when you spoke highly of the farm, uh, which is Rearsburg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't mean this in any critical way whatsoever. But when I was there outside of the classroom, I had one counseling session. (laughs) Okay. And I don't mean that critical. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I got everything I needed. We had wonderful class time, chapel services, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I got my counseling at the altar.
0: Come on, man! From yes. the Holy
1: Spirit, and yeah. I got all the counseling I needed. That's right. Now uh, I don't say that to tell people, anybody listening, that we don't need counselors. <laughs> sure. We need counselors. Amen. Sure,
0: sure. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, without the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and giving us discernment, mm-hmm. uh, we're uh, we're not all we can be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I always say this all the time with our students, you know, what the Holy Spirit can do in one moment, I couldn't do in 10 years of discipleship or counseling or anything with you. You know, our programs, I tell each student in an interview before they even step foot on the premises, my program can't save you, your mom, your dad, your kids who you might want to get clean for, your family members, your, your wife or your husband or whatever, you know, nobody can save you, accept Jesus Christ himself oh. in an encounter with the Holy Ghost that will regenerate you, give you a born-again experience, because without a born-again experience, you won't see the kingdom of God, right. and, you know, we got to have the Holy Spirit, those altar calls, you know, I remember being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost at Teen Challenge in Rearsburg on a Friday night with hands lifted at an altar, nobody laid hands on me, nobody prayed for me, I was there worshiping in an intimate moment with God in that altar, And I was filled with the Holy Ghost Amen. and, uh, you know, that that's, you know, what has kept me and sustained me and changed me. And we can have all the strategies that we want. We can have the great curriculum and the classes and and, you know, all of that stuff. But it still takes the Holy Ghost to regenerate the person who's coming out of addiction to change them from an addict. Into a child of God. It still takes the Holy Ghost. And we in Teen Challenge, in my ministry, in faith-based recovery ministries across this nation and across the globe, the globe, we can't you we're not gonna get ever get to the point of being so clever that we don't need the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I Amen. I, I, I will leave it at that and say that. All of our strategies are good, but we still need the Holy Spirit. Brother, as we're closing this down real quick, your your book, Rehab for the Soul. Rehab is not for the soul. Can you tell us how our listeners can get that book? And briefly, maybe touch on it for just a second about, I know you got to leave here in just a second, but, you know, get, give our listeners some information about that and how they can get that book and, and what provoked you to write it.
1: Well, what, uh, what led me to write it was uh, I just... I wrote it for the students and families. Uh, I wanted everyone who came through our doors to have something they could read uh, that was written by someone they'll meet and someone who will disciple them and who had been through multiple rehabs, which most of our students have. Mm -hmm. I just wanted something relatable to reemphasize to them that rehabilitation is not the answer. And I wanted something for their families to read because I talk a lot about codependency,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and, and how important it is for their families to let go a little Johnny, you know, yeah. let yeah. go, yeah, <laughs> let him grow up, yeah, uh, you know. And so I, that was my goal, yeah. um, you know, and I, uh, I mean, you can get it on Amazon uh, if you'll just you search uh, rehab is not for the soul, it'll come up. Oh, uh, you can get it on Amazon or um that's really the best way to get it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yes, I that that book is has got some incredible information about it and uh, you know, I'm I'm just excited uh, for our listeners who might get to go check out the book and and read that uh, you know, Gary, I appreciate you coming on so much today. Yeah, I'm glad and, to be here. Yes, and sharing with our listeners today. Um, Gary, how can they reach you? Are you on social media or email? If anybody wants to reach you in the Louisiana area that might be listening today or looking for help, maybe they're not in the Louisiana area. They're here in in America and just needing help. Um, Teen Challenge, Louisiana, I'm sure y'all have some beds open with men and women's centers. So how could they get a hold of you?
1: Well, you can reach me, uh, my email, which is Gary James Bentley at gmail.com, uh, you can catch me on Twitter. It's at Gary Bentley. Instagram is the same handle and Gary Bentley on uh, on Facebook. But awesome. uh, uh, yeah, you can reach me on all three of those platforms.
0: Awesome. Incredible. Gary, this was an incredible episode today. Thank you so much for being on with us. To our listeners on the Recovery to Recovered podcast, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode with Brother Gary Bentley and uh, we can't wait to see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit be BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mac. See you next week.